This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Michigan heading to Happy Valley this weekend, but what's going on with the Wolverines? I've got to say, not so happy. When will they hear back from the Big Ten about their punishment, or the question is, will they at all? We're going to get into all that, and of course, so much more. Outkick the Morning starts right now. Hello, everybody. What is going on? Happy Friday. Welcome to Outkick the Morning. I'm Charlie Arnold. I've got to say, I am especially excited that it's Friday. I have a big weekend ahead of me. UFC 295 happening right here in New York City. I, of course, will be attending. So super excited for that. Uh, but I'm going to say, go out on a limb, that, that is, and say that Michigan probably isn't feeling as excited as I am. Yes, they do have a massive game coming up, but... We all are well aware we are still waiting for the other shoe to drop as it pertains to their scandal as it relates to the sign stealing. Michigan, like I just mentioned, they're going to Penn State this weekend. So not only is it a distraction for the team, but also for the entire world of college football. Now, we have been getting insight all week long from all types of different people about what this means for the team and college football. So... Why don't we add someone else into the mix and bring in Glenn Gilbo, who has been covering college and pro football for the last 40 years. That is a long time. For NIL, that's for sure. Uh, yes, and, and a lot has changed, right? I mean, you have <laughs> really probably seen it all. Uh, have you ever, though, seen anything in your life like what we're seeing right now with Jim Harbaugh and the Michigan program? You know, probably not in season like like it is with him. Um, and it's it's interesting story because it kind of started off kind of small and then it became more involved with other people in the Michigan program and looks very systemic and and CIA ish, if you will. Um, so it's going to be interesting. <laughs> yes, to it see does. What the Big Ten, you know, actually does if they do anything in season. Now, what are you expecting? What are you expecting to happen as far as the punishment goes and, and the type of reprimanding from the Big Ten? Well, I, I think, uh, you know, there's a new Big Ten commissioner, Tony Petiti, and he uh, was in Major League Baseball. So he's used to kind of the big time he's run. He's, he's worked with major television networks. So I don't think he's going to be intimidated, which is what the letter from Michigan was designed to do, I feel, uh, took a deep dive on that letter that's coming out this morning on, on OutKick. Um, I think he may suspend Jim Harbaugh for, for some games this season, okay. uh, I, th I think is what could happen. We, and we may hear about that, I I'm just guessing, early next week. Okay, so, okay, you're predicting early next week. Uh, you say that you do not believe that he's intimidated. Uh, there are some people who believe that he doesn't know which way to go because, like you said, he's new to the position. Uh, Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, very powerful uh, people in a program within the world of college football. What's taking so long, though? If he's not intimidated, 
And it looks like all of the evidence that they're going to get is out there. What's taking so long for Petiti to come back with some type of a resolution? Well, you just got the letter the other day. Uh, there was a lot of lawyers involved in the letter, as well as uh, Michigan state representatives. I think his lawyers are are probably looking at it and and going to see what what he will do, um, and you know he the, the the stakes are high. It's his first big move as commissioner, so I, I think he's going to take his time if he does indeed discipline them during the season. Mm -hmm. Okay, now let's switch gears to another college football program. We're going to talk about Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. Uh, we know him as a fun-loving, joking coach, but. We have seen a different side of him. Uh, we just got a released audio tape. Uh, Front Office Sports put it on their website, and the timing is very peculiar, which we'll also get into. Kiffin in this video is heard berating Ole Miss junior defensive tackle DeSanto Rollins from last March over Rollins' mental health break at the time. So Kiffin's comments were previously reported. We do know that. But this is the first time the audio has been released, and it is not a good look for Kiffin. If you would have come here... When you kept getting messages, the head coach wants to talk to you, and you saying, I'm not ready to talk to him. What was it? Well, what f***ing world do you live in? I don't see why you got to be disrespectful, honestly. Get out of here. Go. Go. You're off the team. You're done. See ya. See ya. Because I'm... See ya. Go. Go. And guess what? We can kick you off the team. So go read your f***ing rights about mental health. We can kick you off the team for not showing up. When the head coach has to meet with you and you don't show up for weeks, okay, we can remove you from the team. It's called being the push. It's called hiding behind and not showing up to work. Okay, so Glenn, I will say, I think that men are babied in a lot of senses these days, but this was a lot. Where do you stand on how he treated this athlete and, you know, how he handled the entire situation in general. Well, the key thing to remember about that audio is when it happened. It, it happened last mm -hmm. March after Lane had tried everything in, in, in dealing with Rollins. So that that's you, you can tell that a little bit in, in the in the audio, but it's important. It's that's not how they first tried to deal with him. And, I, and Lane is obviously fed up and he'd been trying to talk to him for a long time. And it was the off season. So he had time to focus on him and he wouldn't meet with Lane. So Lane was very frustrated at that. So I think it's important to remember that. But yeah, it, it doesn't sound good. But they they had tried other methods with Rollins before that. OK, so I guess, yeah, that that extra information is very important. Um if if that's if that's the case, and this was <clears throat> almost like a last ditch effort to get across to him because Rollins wasn't responding to anything else, all of the other pleas to uh, work with him and and you know be able to coordinate ahead of the season, uh, then I, am I wrong to say that Lane Kiffin has nothing to apologize for? I mean, maybe he shouldn't have used some of the words that he did. Maybe he should have kept his cool a little bit better. But am I in the wrong to say that? Rollins got exactly what he deserved and he had a responsibility to fulfill and he wasn't. I would, I would say that's partly true. I, I think where Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin probably dropped the ball there was, was before that when they first had issues with, with Rollins, when it was obvious he needed some help. Now 
you know, we only know Rollins' side of the story. He he said that nobody re referenced, recommended any mental health officials to him. We don't know if that's true, but according to him, it looks like Ole Miss really didn't try to help him. Now, they, now Ole Miss has kept mm -hmm. him on scholarship. They actually didn't kick him off the, the team. He remains on scholarship even though he's not playing or practicing, and he's and he's got everything that everyone else has on a scholarship. But, you know, I've known other players that coaches have gotten in touch with psychologists and appointments and so forth. So maybe that should have been done more by Ole Miss and Lane. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a line, right, where you offer some type of resources. Maybe that's not deemed sufficient by the players. I don't know. I don't know if there's any type of precedent set forward for all of this. I'm sure mental health, as we know, is is a bit of a newish landscape for a lot of different teams and businesses, whatever the case might be, to to have to cope with. So this is a little bit of un uncharted territory, I would imagine. But I would also imagine that Rollins, in his $40 million lawsuit, which was filed earlier this year, Glenn, probably mentioned in that that Ole Miss didn't recommend enough mental health resources for him, and that was one of the reasons why he couldn't get the help that he needed. But the interesting part about this is basically nothing was done about it. This lawsuit was filed, and then suddenly this sound gets leaked 48 hours before the biggest game of Lane Kiffin's career, at least in, in terms of the last decade, uh, as Ole Miss is about to take on undefeated Georgia. So the timing to me seems fishy, Glenn. Who and what is behind this leak, if you yeah, had to was, guess? It was, you know, other media outlets had access to that and didn't release it, but Front Office Sports uh, released it yesterday, just as you say, right before they're playing number one Georgia on on Saturday. So, uh, you know, and, and maybe Rollins had something to do with that. Who knows? Because he did tape record uh -huh. the conversation without Lane knowing about it. So there might be some legalities uh there as well. So so maybe trying to get back at him uh, to distract Ole Miss as they get ready for this huge game. It, it, it was strange timing for sure. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Now, Lane Kiffin obviously has his methods as a coach. Deion Sanders, as we know, has his own methods as a coach. Uh, absolutely no issue with players fighting in practice. In fact, not only does the Colorado coach not have an issue with it, he actually thinks guys getting after in practice is a positive for the team. Uh, now, the Buffaloes are facing 21st-ranked Arizona Saturday afternoon. They're hoping to stop the 1-5 skid the team is currently on. Things have apparently been very heated in practice, tensions boiling over into fights. But do not expect Dion to get mad about it. Listen to this. You know what? Man, yeah. we've had a great week of practice. We had a couple fights, okay. which I like. Is that a good thing? That's a great thing. Right. Yeah, when you have a couple fights, that's a, that's a great thing. And I always want to know who won because I keep records. <laughs> Yeah, I don't break them up. Some some coaches break them up, but I don't right. break them up. Some guys fight hoping for the breakup. No, we're going to let you go. If you're going to commit, commit, right? Yeah, yeah, commit. Yeah. We're all in. So we did have a couple fights this week, and I love it, and they've been getting after it. And uh, it's almost like a rededication. You know, it's almost like uh, a refocus. It, 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 and I love, I love what we are. We've had great practices this week, offense, defense, as well as special teams. But – I mean, there are definitely a couple ways to look at it. It's an old school mentality, if you ask me. And, and Glenn, you've been around the game for 40 plus years. What do you think about this? 
Do you think the fact that he encourages fighting and actually goes as far to say that he keeps tabs on the records, who won, who lost, is a good thing? Or you think it's a bad look for Colorado's Leon coach? Receipts. Remember, he keeps receipts on the media and he keeps receipts on his uh, his players' fights. Uh, you know, as cool as Dion is in his 50s, he, he's very old school. And uh, I got a kick out of it when he, when he said uh, some players start fighting, hoping to get it get it broken up you know you see that a lot in the major league baseball fights when they run out on the field they really don't want to fight they want somebody to stop it well a lot of coaches i've I've been at practices even recently where uh arts and the coaches watch it for a minute just to kind of see what happens so it's it's not that new mm-hmm. but uh i like him seeing who who actually won the fight that's that's pretty cool of him but but i'm sure he's not you know it, it, he stops it before anybody gets hurt but uh, yeah, you you do like to see that. You usually see it in in practice uh, before the season, but during the season, you know, and they're struggling lately. So I, I can see why Dion enjoys seeing that. A little bit of a aggressiveness, a little passion for the game, if you will. Sure, sure. I'm I'm sure there's a lot of teams that by now, if they're not having a winning season, they might be mailing it in. So Dion's probably happy to see that for sure. Well, Deion Sanders, uh, definitely called Coach Prime for a reason. Glenn, thank you so much for your time, and I hope you have a fabulous weekend. Okay, thank you. Okay, uh, Carly Lloyd. She's already done some things that I will say I very much respect, but now she's taken it to a whole nother level. She has proven herself to be a member of Team Sanity, and of course, we are so happy to have her. Yesterday, she was asked online by a fan whether or not it was true that the U.S. women's national team lost to a team of 15-year-old boys. And not only did she not shy away from answering the question, responding, quote, yes, it's true, I know. Thousands of people have already brought that up. They were good. We actually lost to a youth Bayern Munich team in my career as well, but then we went on to win the Olympics and World Cups. So, but then she went on to state the obvious, but something that many people in the world are afraid to admit these days. She said, quote, They should beat us. Bigger, stronger, faster. Boys always gave us a run for our money. It was great prep. Now, Carly should get in on Clay Travis's million-dollar bet that the WNBA champs would lose to a good high school boys team. And actually, by the way, now there is a gambling company, betonline.ag, who is taking Clay's side and offering a million dollars to the Las Vegas Aces if they can beat a high school team of Clay's choosing. Now, you know this game's never going to happen, but still, bottom line, What Clay and Carly are saying, as we know, is not controversial. There is nothing controversial about it at all. Men are stronger, faster, and bigger than women. That is not insulting to me, even though I regard myself to be a pretty good athlete. And even women who are at the top of their game, whether in basketball or soccer or otherwise, are likely going to get beat by a male. That's okay. But obviously, the left has made it that if you say this very logical statement out loud— You are, of course, a bigot. I've heard it. I know my female colleagues have heard it. What's wrong with having some common sense these days to know that men and women are very, very different? They are built different. And for many reasons in the best of ways. Like, for example, women, we have the capability to have children. We can get pregnant. That's a beautiful thing. And it should be celebrated. Meanwhile, men are genetically built to be stronger, faster, and bigger so that they can protect and provide for a family. The differences we have balance each other out, and they're the reason we have a productive society. So this constant attack on trying to change the gender norm is actually the way I see it, an attack to try and destroy the nuclear family. 
And this attack has got to stop, but it's not going to if everyone chooses to stay silent. So what I have to say on this Friday, a huge thank you to Carly Lloyd for being the latest to state the obvious. And while it may be obvious, these days it is still very brave. Now, brave, knowing what it means to be a man. When I think of those two things, you know what comes to my mind? UFC fighters. They seem to be some of the most sane among them all, especially in the world of sports. And this weekend, New York City playing host to UFC 295 at Madison Square Garden. So ahead of the big event, I decided to catch up with lightweight Matt Frivola ahead of his showdown with Benoit St. Denise. Check it out. Okay, so let's talk about fighting at Madison Square Garden because this is, you said your third time, right? Yep. Okay, Madison Square Garden is kind of a milestone, right, for many fighters. I mean, that is, it's the Mecca. What is it like fighting in Madison Square Garden? Man, it's, uh, it's a dream come true, you know, uh, growing up in Long Island, uh, just being a kid, always, you know, here in Madison Square Garden, you know, the Golden Gloves were there. Um, and then ever since I started fighting, the goal was always, you know, we're going to get a fight at MSG. And, um, you know, now this will be my third time there now, which is just crazy for me to think about. And, uh, and you know, every time I fight there, I put on amazing fights. You know, I fought there last year. I had an awesome first-round knockout, and I plan on going out there and uh, putting on a great fight again. Do you have lots of friends and family that come because it's local? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, everybody just jumps on the Long Island Railroad, heads out to the city. <laughs> Uh, and you're going to, you're going to hear the steamroller chants echoing through, uh, the arena. Love that. Um, okay. So also very special is the fact that the fight is going to fall on veterans day, November 11th. And you actually tweeted out, Hey, Dana White, UFC, you got two military vets fighting on veterans day to open up with one of the best pay-per-view cards of the year. How about we get some custom fight shorts for this one? And then of course, you use the flags representing you and your opponent's home countries. Talk to me about this. Uh, military veterans, Veterans Day, custom shorts. Like this, this could get very cool if you get it your way. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm, I'm dedicating this fight to all the uh, brave men and women who have served their country and all the veterans out there. Um, so I'm excited to go out there and really fight for them. And, um, you know, my opponent is also, uh, you know, a French veteran himself. Yes. Um, he's a warrior inside and outside the octagon as well. Um, so it's just going to make for a, a great fight, a great storyline. You know, I haven't heard back yet from the UFC whether we're getting some custom shorts yet. But um, I'm going to be carrying that American flag out to the octagon. And um, I'm going to uh, I'm going to be fighting for all the vets out there. That's incredible. And for people that don't know, you serve as a United States Army Reserves engineer officer. Your opponent, St. Denise, he comes from a background as a member of the French Army Special Forces Command. So talk to me about your time in the military. What was it like serving and making that transition to the fight world? I mean, again, there's so many things, Matt, about you that do not fall in line with the stereotypical fighter, this being just one more. Yeah, you know, um, I actually did the Army ROTC program down at University of Tampa and got a commission as a lieutenant in the Army Reserves. Um, my MOS was a 31 Bravo as military police. Um, and, and I loved, you know, I loved being in the Army. I loved everything I learned. I really uh, think it, it molded my, uh, my warrior ethos and, 
and um, molded who I am today. Um, and and I'm, I'm proud to be fighting on Veterans Day. And I'm, I'm proud for the time that I served. And, uh, you know, I can't wait to go out there and, uh, and fight for, for the American people against uh, this French guy. It's going to be fun. Yeah, but this is this is just so cool uh, to think about how all of the stars are seemingly aligning, right, for for this huge event in Madison Square Garden. Um, let's also talk about the fact, Matt, that you are a massive South Park fan, <laughs> as am I, and um, I'm going to assume that you love South Park because they just completely tell it like it is, seemingly having like crystal ball, like energy like they just know things that are going to happen they predict and show things on this on the show that end up happening years down the road it's, it's absolutely crazy but you actually tweeted out just recently on halloween a picture of you um or no a picture of a shirt featuring eric cartman from south park along with the caption quote kick ass happy halloween and shout out to matt stone and trey parker my dream is to be in an episode of south park okay uh, yeah. same same, maybe we'll be in the same episode. Why do you love South Park so much? And if your wish does come true one day, what do you imagine your role on South Park is going to be? Oh my God, yeah, I've, I've loved South Park since I was a kid, just growing up. And I can't believe, you know, they're still they're still just pumping out new episodes and just nobody's safe. Right? The, the Pandaverse just came out. They're just- did you, did you see it yet? Oh, I watched it, of course. Okay, I haven't seen it yet, is it good? Oh, it's great. They just roast Disney. It's uh it's amazing. Uh nobody's safe in South Park. So nobody. Nobody, nobody. It's great. And uh I I mean it would be unreal. I like to see me in a in an episode of South Park and uh have them roast me somehow. Mm-hmm. Um it would be it would be amazing. And I, I love South Park. It always even throughout my weight cut fight week, I'll just put South Park on while I'm like dehydrating myself just to laugh and like let my mind wander. I, I love it. So did they respond? Did they respond to your 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 plea to be on South Park one day? No, not yet. But once I go out there and knock out uh, Benoit St. Denis, they'll, they'll, they'll see it then. Wow. Yeah, that, that would be definitely um, something to brag about. I feel like I will get in on this if you want. I can help try to pave the way for this cameo to be made because it would be incredible. Um, okay, to wrap up, Matt, uh, like I, we're go, going back to the fight. Um, you're ranked. Your opponent is not. Uh, something that I really respect about you, and respect about all guys that don't get hung up on the rankings, is you know this isn't something that's on your mind. You know you are willing to accept a fight, uh, and it's just one more way to prove yourself and what you're capable of. But a lot of guys would shy away from something like this, right? On such a big stage, there's potential always of losing your ranking to someone you know who maybe didn't deserve to be in this spot in the first place. I don't know. Uh, that remains to be said, but what's your mentality when you choose to take a fight? How do you decide which fights are worth your effort, your energy, your time, which ones are not? And how did you do this one when it was presented to you by UFC? You know, I'm at the point where I only want fights that, that really excite me that, that I see a name, I see a guy and I'm just like, Oh man, you know, that's going to be a fun fight. And I've been watching Benoit, you know, ever since he got in the UFC and um, just watching him finish people. And I, I knew I was like, this guy's good. Me and him, me and this guy are going to fight eventually. And um, I always had him on my radar. And and I don't care that he's oh, like, okay. I, I don't care that he's not ranked yet. He's good, man. He's he's very good. And um, 
and he's a challenge. And uh, he's almost like the the boogeyman of the division right now. Nobody wants to fight him because he's not technically ranked, but he's like good enough to be, you know, at the top of the division. And that's that's like that's what excites me. I want to fight the guys that nobody wants to fight. I want to I want to fight the boogeyman, and and uh, and that's we're gonna take down the boogeyman and, uh, and I derail, love that. derail another hype train. Derail the hype train. Uh, any any rituals that you have few days out from the fight that you, I mean, I know obviously you're still, you know, really winding down from camp. The weight cut is, is about to especially begin, which I do not envy you by the way. Um, I don't envy any fighter that has to go through a weight cut, but anything that in these days leading up to the fight that you're really focused in on or things that you have make, made a tradition to make part of your routine. Uh, I would, I would say my, my ritual is um, fight day, you know, Saturday morning. I usually always watch like Rocky four. Oh, that's a good okay. one. Yeah. I always watch Rocky four. And then I'm like, man, you know, if Rocky could go fight Drago and Drago just killed Apollo, you know, I could go fight this guy. Come on. I'm going to leave everything I got in that octagon and, uh, and take this guy down and, and then have a great night in uh, New York city. I'm pumped. Love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Outkick the morning. We'll be right back after a short break. Stay tuned. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. See, when I talk about brave men, how much how much better does it get than Matt Frivola? Uh, wishing him all of the luck this weekend. Uh, it's going to be a good one between uh, against him and Benoit Saint-Denis. I will be there again. Uh, so I will be back with updates and to let you all know whether or not UFC has granted his wish, getting him and his opponent custom shorts representing their countries as, of course, UFC 295 does fall on Veterans Day. So we will definitely stay up on that one. Okay, talking about staying up on something, something that I feel like everybody is talking about these days more than ever, especially post-COVID. I feel like things, things have gotten weird since COVID happened, right? Like people just do not know how to behave anymore. And one of those locales applies to when they're on airplanes. Uh, people just lose their minds on planes. We constantly see all of the outraged women, you know, walking off the planes, getting into fights, men doing the same thing. But one of the other things that people constantly will talk about now is the debate about plane etiquette and whether or not it is acceptable to recline your seat on an airplane. So here's just one of the many videos that are circulating the internet going absolutely viral of a passenger going feral while in the sky. Watch this. The whole trip, she pushed my seat. No, you seen it. No, she didn't. She put, no. I'm allowed to put my seat back. I'm allowed to put my seat back. I'm allowed to put my seat back. I just I just love that everyone takes their their phones out and videos everything these days and we have access to like I wasn't on that flight. I never would have known anything about that flight, but now I know everything about that flight, which is fascinating. Anyways, I'm not fully convinced that people feel one way or another. So, my producer Katie and I decided to take to the streets of New York City yesterday to get the lowdown on the taste of travel 
here, and this is what we found out. Is it rude to recline your seat? I would ask the person behind me first before I do it. Oh, that's so nice of you. I always hesitate pulling it back because I don't wanna I don't wanna offend the person behind me. Because you're you're a bigger guy, you need more space. You're seated and somebody reclines their seat and you have less room now to maneuver. Um I just have to put up with it. Nope. No, I don't see. It. How come no one reclines their seats anymore? Well, I care about people behind me somehow. <laughs> London to New York is not a it's not a short flight. Eight hours. Eight hours? Not bad. And you don't recline your seats still in eight hours. We did actually. Yeah, yesterday we did at some point for a quick nap, but uh, do you think it's rude when someone reclines their seat on an airplane? Yes. You do? Okay, why? Uh, I think it just depends where you're sitting. Like, if you're already sitting somewhere that's kind of cramped, I don't think you should do that just as a courtesy to the person behind you. Well, have you seen the viral videos on the internet where people are going crazy when people recline their seats? Yes, definitely. I have seen that. What do you think? I mean, you pay for a seat, you have the ability to recline. Should you be able to exercise that ability without someone saying something? Yes, you should, but at the same time, fly first class. It's always better. A man who has my heart. That's right. Fly first class. Why not? Right. It's only a couple thousand dollars. Uh, airplane prices have gone out the window. They're ridiculous. But uh, let's get back to the subject at hand. I cannot believe how many people, especially here in New York City, because let's be honest, people in New York City, this is like uh, not exactly the nicest place in the world um, as it pertains to most things. Most people think it's rude to recline your seats. I was baffled. I'm going to be honest. I do not think it's rude to recline your seats. Now, would I go crazy like that woman in the first video? Honestly, maybe. If someone was freaking out at me for reclining my seat and I felt the need to exert myself and prove my point. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. I would never go that insane because I know people have their phones out and they're videoing. But here's my thing. I really do believe that they reclined for a reason. I think if the airlines thought that it was a nuisance to other passengers, they would take away the reclining abilities. There are some airlines I, I do know now that have like very, very, very small reclining capabilities. Uh, but for the most part, I think if you pay for a seat, you have the right to use your seat to the fullest ability, stretch your legs out. I mean, because you even know there are some people that like to push their bags and it kind of intrudes on your leg space underneath the seat. I've had that happen to me. No, I think you should have access to all of the space in front of you. I think you should be able to recline. And I don't think that it's rude. I think that's why the person behind you also has the ability to recline. So let's just make it a domino effect if, that, if that's what needs to happen. But I do not think it's rude. I was very, very shocked to find so many people claiming that they did not recline. Although, you all heard that one couple from Europe who came from London to New York yesterday and they were like, no, we didn't recline, we didn't recline. And then I pushed them like, oh, wait, we did. <laughs> so I have to imagine maybe some people are saving face for the camera. Maybe they actually do recline and they just don't want to say anything about it. But that's the world we find ourselves in these days, right? People think one thing and they say another out loud. That just does not pertain to things that happen on airplanes. That pertains to most everything these days, which is very unfortunate. People can't speak their minds because then they're labeled hateful, a bigot, all of the things. Uh, but that's the world we live in. And I'm going to tie that into plain etiquette now. Uh, okay, everybody, that is all we've got. I actually would be very interested, though, to know how you all feel about plain etiquette, like the reclining thing. Is there any other issues that take place on airplanes that we need to get into? Because this has become a whole viral conversation, as we know. So leave a comment if you're already in the chat. 
drop it there. Also, you can find me on social media at Charlie on TV. Let's get a discussion going. Uh, and then let's get more into it because this is something that definitely interests me. Uh, I think it's interesting to a lot of people, which is why we constantly see these viral videos circulating each and every day. Uh, but okay, yes, we are done with the show. Everybody, thank you so much for being here. Uh, it's been a great week worth of shows, and we're going to do it all over again next week. But until then, have a fabulous weekend, and make sure you're hitting that subscribe button, getting the alerts, liking, commenting, and once again, following me, or at least reaching out to me on social media so I know what's all in all of your minds at Charlie on TV. And with that, everybody, have a wonderful weekend. Make sure to tune into UFC 295. Or uh, I guess there's going to be some good football on this weekend, so I hear. We'll see what happens with Michigan. Mm, will something happen? That'll be something we'll certainly get into next week. You know that's for sure. Okay, everyone, have a good one. See you on Monday.